Am I going to start? Okay, well, just to introduce ourselves, we're Juniper Green Board Gamers. I'm Jennifer. I'm mum to Oscar, who's five and sitting here. He may or may not last the duration. He might end up sitting out there with you guys. And I'm Eric. Uh, started the club uh, just about two years ago, uh, purposely for children and families due to the lack of uh, club that welcome children, really, uh, around the place. And uh, in the two years we've been uh, operating, we've been from nothing to now having near 30 people attending uh, each meeting with, um, I'd say, about 50 person children under 15. And uh, the rest being the adults, which is generally a lot more ladies than men in our club, which is quite uncommon. So, but it's also very lovely. So we've got a lot of family units uh, where it's the children and the mum and dad. And quite often the parents have no idea about board games. They come in, play with their children, and after a couple <coughs> of sessions, the children go in one direction and the parents go in another direction. And uh, or sometimes they play together, sometimes they don't. But everybody mix and match, uh, and it's a really lovely atmosphere. <coughs> so here we go. We today we're going to be talking about our experience with the club. So okay. So why play <coughs> board games with children? You can see we've got a nice list of reasons here. <coughs> Bonding is one of my favourite ones. So as Eric was saying about the club, um, we have the parents coming with the children, and they get that experience of sitting down together, playing together rather than the norm of sitting in front of a, a screen, nobody's talking, whatever. And I think it's just really, really good for the families to kind of be doing that together. Yes, we've got uh, the education value, which most of you will know because it's been very, very well uh, illustrated online. There's lots of articles nowadays about math uh, skill, language skills. So we're going to very quickly here mention it but we'll not be spending a lot of it a uh, lot of a seminar about it uh about, about the un unplugging yeah the um yeah so as i mentioned earlier on about the the screen time um one of the big things is getting children away from television away from video games away from telephones all of these things and having them actually sit down be social with each other and not sorry about this, um, and not be um, just sitting there in front of the screen, which is very very damaging for them. And it's not just the children, because lots of children also say, "Mummy or Daddy always spends time on Facebook, and they don't pay attention to me." So it's actually both sides, uh, not just the kids. Out of that, as adults, we're equally as guilty of it. So it's both of the kids and the parents. There's mental health. Uh, there's been quite a few studies about how board games has a beneficial uh, things about mental health, like uh, anything about cognitive activities that uh, delay the onset of dementia to uh, uh 
I'm forgetting my word now. Sorry about that. <coughs> uh, self-confidence. Uh, I have a daughter who's autistic, and uh, so I've got uh, a lot of experience about lack of confidence, mood swing, and board games have helped a lot in our family with all these things, which link to the social skills and anxiety. Uh, children with uh, who struggle with social skills through board games, they can start learning to build about these social skills, uh, reduce their worries and their stress, and equally for the adults as well. I think definitely for the adults, and I, I think that probably a lot of people in the room will have encountered within board gaming groups, there's a lot of people who don't have that confidence about talking to people, but when you're sitting down and playing a game, you're discussing the rules, you're getting on with the game, there's something to do rather than having to make small talk, having to make a conversation. And obviously if you're starting that early on, like at age five, <laughs> um, then they're, they're kind of getting that basis for interaction with people without having the anxiety about it that a lot of people do have. Uh, it meets to the next point, which is the teamwork, uh, because when you take a lot of cooperative games, they actually have to work together. Uh, there are a lot of games for children as well as for adults where you have to all work together to achieve either you all lose or you all win so you are learning but you have to work together you have to listen to the other person you have to appreciate their point of view and their ideas and integrate them to your ideas in order to achieve a goal so that is uh, very important <coughs> And then the next one, winning and losing, um, I think this is a big thing, is teaching children about <coughs> winning, losing, about being considerate to other people, much like my son is right now. Um, <laughs> Oscar, can you sit down, please? But yeah, teaching them so that when they win, they're gracious about it, but also teaching them that they don't have to win, that it's okay to lose, and it's enjoying the game and the participation. Oscar. So, <coughs> the bonding part, um, the more you do things with your children, the closer you become to your children. Uh, so, uh, most parents spend time at night to read story to their children, and it brings a love to books to the children. It's the same thing with board games. If you sit at the table, play a game with them, uh, in many respects you can play storytelling games, uh, even if it's a game where it will teach them about math, about simple things like uh, learning to read basic sentences, you're spending time with your child, child and you're bonding with them. And also when you have siblings, uh, like I have three children, they also spend time with each other and learn to not batter each other or uh, shout at each other. They have to are on the table and they have conversation with each other which is pretty nice <laughs> uh, and that kind of brings us on to the question about memories um, one of my first memories of board games when I was a young girl I had an older brother who is no longer with us and we used to spend a lot of time playing board games together so he sort of introduced me to all the, the games workshop games from way back in the 80s that sort of thing and to have those memories now, when he's, as I say, no longer with us, 
that's just a really nice thing. And now, obviously, when I'm playing board games here, I still have that connection with him. Um, and then, I don't know, do you have a memory you want to share? Well, I do. Uh, I used to play with my great-grandmother when I was very little, and I'm talking about six, seven years old, and she was in her 90s. Uh, all I remember of her is her white hair, her smile, and uh, all the cheating we were doing, playing uh, <laughs> draft together. We were cheat both of us cheating like hell. It didn't matter because all I remember now is how amazing it was. Um, and that's the whole point of it. Uh, it's building memories that 20, 30 years down the line, you'll still think about it and it will bring a smile to your face. Uh, so that's building blocks for the future uh, as much as all matter of education uh, these are the important part and uh, we see that at the club when children come uh, like last week we had a little girl who was about 11 I believe and uh, we have a lady who is Colin's wife Colin's there she's a wonderful DM for D&D and that little girl wanted to play D&D and and it simply integrated her to the uh, campaign she was running with other people. And uh, at the end of the session, that little girl just walked with a smile from ear to ear. And she looked at her person and said, I played D&D. And she was proud. I mean, I don't think you could have done anything to take that off her face. She was happy. And yeah, this, you see that and you're there, yeah, we're doing it right. <laughs> And the parents were really, really pleased as well. So she's probably spent the whole weekend talking about it. Uh, I'm sure probably talked to her friend about it at school. And that's, Ooh. yeah, these are the stuff. Always. So has any of you in there has any memories they'd like to share? <laughs> no? Actually, I reckon if we asked in the room, has anybody else got a memory about arguing over Monopoly? <laughs> because it <laughs> seems to be a very common thing. And <laughs> oh, yeah, Guilty. Yeah, yeah, but you still have a memory about it. And now you probably st laugh about the fact that you were arguing about Monopoly. Uh, so as much as it was maybe not the best of memory, it's still something you remember and you laugh about it. Okay. Education. Yeah, opportunities for early learning. Um, Oscar has been playing with dice from a very, very young age. Um, you'll see he's brought his dice with him today that he was very pleased to buy yesterday. Um, and it's really helped him with math skills. Um, when he went into primary one last year, um, they actually gave them homework of using a game with dice to kind of teach them that whole thing about adding numbers, very much teaches them about pairs of numbers, um, reading skills, it helps with reading skills, if they're reading cards, etc. Um, is there anything else that you... Uh, we've got uh, language teaching. Uh, if you go downstairs, there's uh, Bez, who has uh, a game, uh, Yogi, well, we have uh, that uh, game has been translated into 14 different languages. Uh, last year, we've uh, got some copies in French from Bez and donated it to the schools around our area. And uh, a lady called uh, Catherine McKenzie from Curry Community High School 
send us back some feedback saying, I have tried this in the classroom with children which normally have no interest in French, do not learn anything. And he said, after one hour session, it was very noisy, but all the children could remember all the vocabulary. So she says, this was a tremendous success. We've got that on our website. We put it on Twitter. So just that shows that it works. If we manage to bring that to the teachers, not just uh, not just at home, but to the teachers, we can help children who, not just the one who do well at school, but those who don't necessarily do well or don't find the subject interesting and help them. And um, getting the older ki kids' brains buzzing too, um, we have some children in the club who are sort of they're young teenagers, aren't mm -hmm. they? I can't beat them at games. And when they get at a table together and you hear them talking and things that they're able to do, um, you know, sort of mathematically, all that sort of thing with these games is unbelievable. And that's because they've been sort of brought up playing these games and it's, it's there. And I mean, talking about these particular kids, we've got a set of games from a company called Genius Games. So we've got games on particle physics, human biology, the periodic table of elements, I've got one of them in my bag if some of you want to catch me after that. Uh, I mean, one of them is basically you create atoms. You, uh, you use up quarts, down quarts to create neutrons, protons, and electrons, and you assemble them to create uh, molecules of heliums, beryliums. So all of that, this is uh, high school <laughs> S1, S2, S3 level of uh, <coughs> physics and chemistry. <coughs> the kids play with that finding interesting and when they go back to the classroom they have a good understanding and they found it interesting so therefore they're more likely to listen to the teacher in return uh, the new one they released about the periodic table of element it's very good you you increase atomic mass it's all the things they learn in school so if you can bring these sort of games inside the classroom or at home you can make them excited about science and our treasurer at the club is a STEM ambassador. So we are very much into looking uh, what's exciting. And it's not just that one company. There's uh, also Artana, who's created a game about uh, computing, which is Lovelef and Babbage, which is about to be released. It's about creating the first computer with cogs and understanding how it works. So that's brilliant. There's another one about planetarium where you crash elements of gas, uh, metal, uh, rocks into planets to change, to evolve a planet uh, habitable or non-habitable and you evolve. It's very interesting. Uh, there are a lot of games out there with uh, actually solid science behind the games and it makes the kids excited about the science. And since we've got Claudio there who's ABBA representative, they have some absolutely cracking underrated games for kids. There's one in particular called Secret Code 13 plus 4. Uh, if you've got kids for math, I brought that game to the Home Education Scotland last year where parents home educate their children. Uh, and basically it's a game you roll dice and you need to use the dice to match a certain number using addition, subtraction, multiplication, divisions. And because in the game you're a super agent trying to go infiltrate an enemy base to s recover a stolen artifact, 
it's cool. So you do the things and add tables after tables of kids wanting to roll the dice so they could reach the artifact faster than the others. And they were all counting. They were doing math all afternoon without even realizing they were doing math. And it's all mental math, which is a massively useful skill. So has any of you any idea what we might have forgotten in that list? What things teach uh, in terms of education? Yeah, I recommend you see Claudio after that at the ABBA and try the game Luxantis. Luxantis. We've tried it in the club with six, seven, eight years old and even slightly older. I'm not telling you anything now because I don't want to spoil it. But it's a wonderful game. Uh, it's very attractive and honestly you're going to enjoy that even as an adult you can I enjoy playing it uh, but it's a lovely game uh. I remember because I'm not from Spain so I start a project similar on my solo six as well because I was I was up to play adults I will be honest I played a lot and then a serious process I stopped playing and one day I watched a game uh, called Bank, you know, the Western one. And I was trying to introduce Adam in, in, in the game. I don't know why, you know, it's just easy, your father. So at the moment I sit down to play, I start to explain the rules, and I see Adam's so bored, I don't care about it. I'm a, this is a Western game, so he said, Daddy, you forgot something about it. And it's my imagination. Imagine I was picking up, I said, we need to customize this. So I discovered that moment that the game is just an artifact. So we don't really aware that the games don't serve the world. The game is just an artifact and you. The most important is to change the paradigm. It's just change the game. How you, feel, you, you see the world. This is my song. And that moment I said, I want to communicate this. Because our friends are buying a lot of games, but they're useless. Because don't care the kids about me. Because again, you cannot do that. You will start to play with the elements. You don't care about the rules. It's some of all the times I don't use the rules. So, communication. But when I listen to you, I remember me. I think we talked about that. I'm trying to explain, for example, to excite the people. I think more or less we already are convinced about this. But the thing is, how to communicate to the other people is not involved in the world of games. That's the part of the games. I was so surprised when I came first in England for 10 years ago. Because I wanted to you know, build this project here. I was, I give up. Because all the time was like, smash myself in a wall. Because people was just telling me about games, it's another world. We use school, it's, you know, it's serious stuff. Why do you want to introduce games here? I, they are multifunctional. They are they don't have focus more than five minutes. So imagine you're gonna propose them, complicate them for two hours a day. 
And I think it was very important that you mentioned imagination there because I think that the learning from imagination is huge and I know that Eric's had a lot of success with storytelling games with his daughter and I, I think that is very helpful with a lot of the things in school because what, what are they asked to do in their English classes? They're asked to, to tell stories and that kind of thing and if they start that process early using games, again, it's there and they retain it. Yeah, the, the company called Green Board Games does uh, a competition every year where they open to children, invent a game and you have to publish the game. My daughter uh, published us. Unfortunately, she didn't win but she got quite a lot of votes and she was very excited uh, so yeah 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 well move on so we actually have a chance to finish the seminar <laughs> <laughs> so unplugging uh, less screen times and more friend time because uh, I've got three children two boys uh, and Fortnite is the plague of my life. Uh, and I'm an IT person. I love games. I love video games. I cannot stand Fortnite. Because it makes my kids angry. Uh, as much as they talk to each other online and 
do stuff. It's not constructive. There is nothing constructive in the game. When they play Minecraft, they build something. It's constructive. They create. In a game like Fortnite, they don't. Uh, it's the same thing over and over again. And it's, it's brain-numbing, literally. Uh, so... But at the same time, as we mentioned earlier, it's not just the kids that have a problem. Uh, definitely. I mean, how many people here end up sitting on their phones or whatever? Our phones are constantly available. And that means that we're not available for the children. So, And we do have phones in the club. But I think we figured out that we use them only for the app that lets you decide who starts the game. Yeah, she was. And yeah. that's it. That's the only time the phones appear in at the club. And the rest of the time, obviously, everybody's fully engaged with the children and with the other adults, obviously. So, so yeah, um, I found a lovely uh, little statement from a psychologist, which I thought was really, really good, when actually she can read the screen. <laughs> And she said that families are struggling to find balance between digital and real-life connections, but board games provide a tool for that emotional connection to each other. Order pizza and make it, a celeb uh, make it a way to celebrate the start of the weekend together. And yeah, that's uh, a very simple statement, which is true. You just make an evening of it, especially at the end of a week or if you have nothing to do at night or the weather is absolutely rubbish outside uh, there's nothing really interesting to do instead of simply plugging the TV or plugging uh, the console you just clear up a table and play a game uh, and that is it it's very basic things uh, it doesn't have to be long you can uh, with my kids with my daughter being autistic and a twin brother being a boy, uh, we can't. I never last for hours, but we can play a couple of games, and then they go and do something, and then they'll come back and we play another game. But it doesn't matter because they know I'm here for them. They know there's games to play. They know they'll not get bored, and yeah, and they don't sit there and says, "What am I gonna do?" No, that's only the teenager who does that, <laughs> which is his job as a teenager. <laughs> so mental health. Uh, there's been quite a few articles uh, in some newspaper in the past couple of years now. Uh, some of them about uh, Alzheimer. Any form of cognitive activities like uh, older people's club where they play dominoes or any basically person with a hobby will in general be far less likely to have Alzheimer's disease so that includes gardening uh, anything where you build things anything which involve all your cognitive skills it's massively reduced and that is proven uh, by doctors uh, and games are right up there because you have social uh, interaction, you use your, your brain, so definitely. I think there's been some really nice stories recently about young people playing with elderly people, you know, whether their own grandparents or in homes or whatever and even just, again, that social interaction is really helpful for those older people to prevent having the, the decline in those skills. 
um, and just really nice for them as well. Yeah, there's a gentleman we made through the club called Richard is uh, in Addington and uh, not far from Edinburgh and he actually goes to hold people home and play board games with them. That's what he does because uh, so he's basically the I won't say the polar opposite of our club because we cater for the children, the very young one, and he caters for the total opposite. Uh, we were, we are thinking about doing something where can we meet? Can we have both sides meet each other, and put the older people and the younger people in the same room and see if we can get them all play together? Yeah, that's where uh, this gentleman Richard uh, is. Richard Vermont is actually going to this home to bring them new games. Yeah. Uh, so I think his input is valuable to avoid that. Uh, I would say that's a challenge I don't know to go because it's, yeah, it's very different from the approach with children. Yeah. Uh, After I'll give you the card, Richard is in our group, and uh, if you're interested to get in touch, we can, because uh, we're very happy to have this sort of conversation inside. We have a closed Facebook group because don't really want, uh, it's not that we don't like other people, it's just as soon as we talk about children and things like that, even though there's no photographies of any children allowed at the club, it's hands and games only, still, uh, it's kind of feel protective as a parent and I want to know who's in the club uh, and control but you know any of you who are interested in seeing what we are doing we've got quite a few people who are not necessarily from Edinburgh but from uh, <coughs> Andrew Arman from Ye Game uh, Stephen Donstes from Cosmos Game they, lots of people from companies are looking at what we're doing because what we're doing for them we're basically helping the the buyers of in 10 years who's going to buy the games is the kids we are teaching the games now so for them it's important to know and understanding what are these kids playing what do they like um, so, uh, also there's been some statistics uh, about mental health about the relaxing and stress uh, so I just kept one of them saying 53 percent said that uh, playing games and they feel a lot m more relaxed and less stressed. I'm actually surprised it's that little. Mm -hmm. I would have thought it was in the 80 person, but yeah. Uh. And I think that Eric and I generally message each other as it's getting closer to a Friday when we have the club and we're saying, oh my goodness, work is so stressful. We can't wait to get there and play. And once you play, you're switching off from everything. And because you're so focused on the rules, you're not thinking about whatever else it is that you're worrying about. And again, for children, it takes them away from anything that they could be anxious about. Okay, the teamwork and life skills. I think we've already talked about these in uh, in previous statement about education, but it's still, um, when you do, uh, when you play games, games are designed to increase drama like events and you realize that things can go south or things really good can happen all of a sudden this uh, with a luck element so you learn that luck can change something bad can happen something good can happen and how do you react to that uh, 
and in, in as usual it's uh, generating the discussion and they can start talking to each other which is the the main issues uh, is creating a, a dialogue. Uh, so, the, uh, so, Claudio mentioned the gamification. Well, you use the game to create the dialogue and make people talking and talking nicely so they can listen to each other. And by uh, with cooperative game, um, you learn to, to have to listen to the others and their opinion, which is quite important. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, the club is, uh, our club is incredibly noisy. I mean, uh, that is why we always want, there's some people who don't come to our club because of that. And we want people who says, uh, we actually have a second room now we're going to start using for, uh, to let some who want slightly lower uh, noise volume in the room. But I wouldn't have it any other way because sometimes you hear an eruption of noise in the, on one of the table because they won the game and they all jump and the arms are in the air and you're there yeah that is cool they liked it they got into the game and they're going to live today remembering that bit uh, so these these are the parts you know it's it's all the clubs in Edinburgh and uh, they are fantastic clubs they are really well run they meet in pubs and Everybody sat at the table, they do their game. It's too quiet. <laughs> As a parent, it never gets quiet. And when it's quiet, yes, si silence is not golden. Silence means something is being trashed somewhere or something bad's happening. So no. <laughs> so these are, uh, yeah. I think we've got quite a few stories already. And I'm seeing the time on the big clock. Uh, Okay, uh, gracious winners and good losers. So, uh, I think we have the teachers there will know. I'm sure that parents here will know. Um, I can make it even worse when you were a child with autism. Then uh, not winning is a problem. And we are talking about the meltdown uh, with the... I would rather have a jet taking off next to me than the screaming you get um, and that's a pr very 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 slow process uh, but uh, almost worse than a, a bad loser is a bad winner uh, my teenager is absolutely horrendous um, he used to play magic with his friends and he was far better than them and he used to rub it in everybody's face to the point where at the start of a game you know I'm going to trash you and I kept telling you nobody's going to want to play with you if you do that and that's exactly what happened nobody wanted to play with him so he gave up playing board games and magic because nobody because of his behavior so it's still a very much a work in progress to sort of bringing him back and understanding that you made a mistake correct it and be better and he's a teenager, so that part, it's a very, very, very hard part, uh, pill to swallow. So, but it's the process, if you ta start young and teaching them that it's about the game, it's not about winning. And when you win, you don't rub it in people's face. And if you lose, you still had fun. 
Yeah, and then the, the next bit about promoting resilience and teaching coping mechanisms when things don't go their way. A cooperative game, you can't cope if, you know, if everybody loses, he just wants to win. And getting him set up to learn that in life he's not always going to win, it, it's definitely a good lesson for him to, to learn. Okay, so as I talk about my daughter, uh, she wanted to tell me a few things about her experience of gaming. Uh, so she was diagnosed when she was seven, which is quite late to be diagnosed because girls are notoriously more difficult to uh, to diagnose, and especially we had some issues at school which made it even more difficult. <coughs> so she said a few things which were actually lovely, and uh, she's a thing about autism. Her is uh, she has the language skills of a much older child. She reads massive novels uh, she doesn't do much else than reading and playing things she loves reading she has an imagination which is pretty remarkable um, so she used to be uh, she said I used to get very upset when I did not win but now I just check it off and I am okay it's say it's really she actually does that sometimes she actually walk quietly out of a room uh, and come back five minutes later and she's totally fine. She understands that sometimes she just needs to walk away and upset her, but it doesn't mean she has to take it on on other people in the room and not spoil it for the others. And she doesn't take it personally anymore, which is a big deal. And she said, when I play board games, I know I might lose, I might know I might win. Sometimes we play together and we can all win or lose. So we need to keep calm. <laughs> And she said, that's cool, I have a uh, game in my tray to help me when I get annoyed. Uh, so I'll show you as teacher, I actually brought the game, it's downstairs. Uh, a lovely lady called Karen Ribbons, she's an educator. Uh, she created a little game called Comic Turns. It's little uh, comic strip pictures, individual picture from comic strips. The game basically is you play with your friend and you create a stories. You get a handful of cards and you mean to create a story with that. We've playtested the game before it was on Kickstarter, because I know Karen. And with a PSA at the school, we actually used that as a tool to manage her autism in the classroom. So when she's so angry and can no longer verbalize things, she actually used the cards. And by using the cards, she actually engages her brain and move away from the anger. And simply the process of explaining the byproduct of that is she actually forgets why she was angry and now she's going back to normal a lot faster. So again, uh, the game was used as a tool, not what the game was intended for necessarily originally, but actually as a lovely way to use the game. So she has that inside her tree at school and she doesn't use it nearly as much. But when things go south, she grabs the game. And even if she does it herself, she just put the cards and make up a story and it clears her mind and move. And it's a fantastic little game. And even for little ones just to play games, there's a uh, young boy called Jamie. He borrowed the game a few times just simply because it, he can create stories. And he's got a, that extra visual element of uh, the comic strip. And they are drawn 
uh, is purely well blue and white. It's blue. It's only the the outline. There's no. It's not complicated and it's beautifully done. So you know exactly what each card is, what it represents. So it's really good, uh, and I really encourage uh, anybody with young children to have a look at the game. Uh, it's a lovely Wii, and so again after that, if you want to catch me, and I'll show you. So we're almost at the end now. <laughs> so. What kind of game do you play with the children? Yeah, and the, the first point on there, my first style of games. I'm not a big fan of things like, you know, the, the junior versions of things like Carcassonne, Catan, all of these kind of things. Um, and certainly Oscar is not a big fan of them because he wants to play what I play. So he'll always say, Mummy, can I play your games? He doesn't want to play a children's version. And I think generally the children's versions can be sort of dumbed down a little bit for children. Um, one that we do, for example, is Carcassonne. We take the farmers away and he just has the, the more simplistic version of laying down tiles and scoring for roads and cities without that added complication of figuring out whose farm is whose. Um, there are obviously some very good games for children, like the Habba games, and I think they're great, but not a fan of the ones that are my first whatever because I think they should just be starting with the same game as you but learning a simplified version and then they can build on it. So uh, Jennifer mentioned that the ABBA games are actually fantastic. Uh, that's why we're very pleased to have Claudio here uh, because we've got quite a lot of them in the club thanks to ABBA who donated us some and uh, we've got a lady in the club who runs an after-school club. She uses uh, lots of the games to interact with the children, uh, which is always well received, especially our son who comes to the club. He actually wanted to create his own board game club in the after-school club, so he's got his own uh, children's version of the club, which I think is the loveliest thing ever. Um, so yeah, we uh, there are companies that produce amazing uh, children game or accessible to children like uh, you have Yogi uh, from Best Downstairs or the Ye game uh, with Andrea and Ginny Armand and I'm sure if you look around there are lots of other games which are very 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 good uh, and uh, always happy to hear about a game we don't know about because uh, we love trying the, the stuff uh, at the club so does if any of you have a game they particularly like playing with their kids which is maybe a, an uncommon game Room Forest Oh Green Forest Oh yeah I know that one I've never tried it <laughs> well, uh, We've tried with a company called Cosmos they had a game called uh, Dimensions uh, my weird boy didn't like it too much, but uh, um, for ASD sufferers, there's another boy in the in our club who really enjoyed it because it's big chunky rubber balls, and you have to actually build a 3D pyramid with these balls of colors. But you have six cards with set up rules, so it has to be the greens must be at the bottom. The greens cannot touch the white balls and the black balls have to be next to this. So you have to think in 3D and put the balls. I find the game fantastic and you can even play solo. 
So you take six cards randomly, or the only thing I think he's missing in the game is to have uh, almost uh, a set of challenges. So he says, take this six card, uh, visa the easy challenge, and make it build up so the child can just challenge themselves to make it harder and harder. But these are wonderful games. It's not even packaged in any way towards children. The packaging is actually boring as hell. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's... Uh, uh, Steven, who's the marketing director, had already told you, sadly. <laughs> uh, but it's like a pyramid of balls. It doesn't make you want to grab it from the shelf. But the game is very good. The components, you've got that, the base for the pyramid with little cushions underneath to raise it so the balls have each a little hole so they don't roll over. And it's really, when you've got all this rubber ball in your hand, it's really tactile and really nice. And they've got a good weight to them as well. So that's, uh, that's a really nice game to play. I enjoyed it as an adult. Play, just challenge myself to the games and try to find. And it's fun. Uh, so, yeah. I, I have to say there's one reason why lots of board games are 13 plus or 14 plus. It's because legally they're no longer classified as a toy. Therefore, they don't have to have... Uh, the testing which cost a lot of money for the company so it has nothing to do with the age rating it's purely to do with legal requirement and if it's 13 or 14 up they are no longer classified as a toy therefore they do not have to send samples to be tested and pay a lot of money to be tested that is the only reason <laughs> yeah, and I think the lesson is just ignore the ages on the box and have a look at what happens in the game. Um, because I mean, he he plays games for he, there's actually one he plays that's for age fourteen and up, and wins, and he's only five. You know, it, it really you have to go on the gameplay and the sort of components that are in it, and whether you think they can handle it. Yeah, you use your best judgment as a parent, and you see there's nothing in there in the game shocking, or but this you know. Uh, it's like the, we discussed with people who do Fog of Love and I thought, you know, it's a narrative about people's relationship that sounds lovely, uh, the gentleman says the only thing you'll have to do is, there's a few cards you want to take out for the children the yeah, the affairs, the <laughs> stuff like that which, <coughs> which I found was wonderful because he actually totally understood what I meant you have a game which makes each other talk about their relationship and you talk about the other person as a relationship. It doesn't have to be an amorous relationship. It can be a childlike platonic uh, thing. Uh, Oscar knows that because, you know, he likes, uh, he likes the ladies. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, but it's, it's at a child level, so it's totally innocent. Uh, and I think these kind of games to build... Uh, to express your feelings, your relationship. That's a lovely thing. And if there are part of it, which is more for the grown-up, fair enough. The grown-up can have their fun too. You know, it's, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And when the kids grow, they can, you can start integrating new things so they can understand more about things. But that's... Okay, now we're going to have... Yeps. Now that's the big question we kept for the last part, <laughs> is do you let the kids win? So the good thing is, both Jennifer and I kind of have a different opinion on that. Y yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> sort of yes and So, just for the fun, who says if you 
will throw the game or make it so you let the children win. Can you put your hands up, please? Up down, up down. Okay, on the opposite, who will actually simply crush them? <laughs> I, I, I think you and everybody who was playing Walk the Plank yesterday, goodness me, those children were just, <laughs> they were shoved out there. Um, there's a very good reason why I don't, uh, I'm, I'm going to play games that the child has a chance of winning. I'm not going to play a game that they have no chance whatsoever. Uh, however, there is a memory I have and I will probably never forget is the first time I beat my grandmother fair and square, my great grandmother, where the feeling you have, and I did the same thing with my 11 year old. I played dominoes with him. I no longer play dominoes with him because I can't win. Because he crushes everybody <laughs> at dominoes. And I mean, he crushes you. There's no, his, his math and three dimension stuff is his thing. Uh, but I remember, and he still remember that day, and he said, he keeps saying, you remember my dad when I crushed you? <laughs> so, yeah, it hurts. Yeah, when he says that, but it doesn't matter. He, in 20 years time, he's not gonna remember it. And that means that every time he plays a game, and if he doesn't win, instead of being upset, he just looks at you with his eyes and he says, I'm gonna totally wreck you next time. And he actually look at the rules, he thinks, he engages his brain, and that's the competitiveness. And he doesn't do it out of malice. He doesn't wish anything bad on people. He does the same at school. Tell someone at school they are better in math than him. He is going to be in the books and doing exercise because he's not going to be second best. And that is important. <laughs> and at the club, uh, trust me when I say that, the kids that come at the club, they will not give you any chances they will crush you and uh as you know when they know you're kind of uh, the main people of the club they will remind you they crushed you uh and i don't mind at all i think it's fantastic because that means that they they, they build up their happiness and and they want to win and they so it's good and when they lose, they don't get upset. And, you know, uh, there are a few times there's one little girl called Emma. I, any pattern recognition game, you don't play with her unless you actually are okay with being totally wiped. Because twin it with her, she actually cleaned the whole table before you took the first set. Well, he's doing In that. Just to put the other side across, my reason for being kind of slightly on the fence, I think it is age dependent. And I think when they're very, very young, if they don't feel that they can win, they're not interested, in which case they're not going to develop that interest in gaming and they're not going to get the benefits. The only issue with doing it is what happens when you have more than one child, they can't all win. So it's that, that thing where you have to get a bit of a balance of teaching them that they're not always going to win and that that's okay, but you want them to enjoy what they're playing. You want them to get that good, positive feeling from it. Otherwise, they're just not going to want to carry on. Get caught out. That is not good. <laughs> if it crushes them uh, more, if, you, if they know you've thrown the game, mm -hmm. that you are uh, potentially going to cause damage. That is why I don't let them win and I made it clear to them, you want to win, you need to beat me. It's, I think, if, uh, because then they, they don't 
compliant and they expect to be led to win. And as a grown-up, they expect everything to drop and things to happen for them without them having to fight for it. And I think it's an absolutely terrible lesson to teach them. It's for every part of life. They will expect things and it's, uh, yeah, it's not what you want. I don't believe it's something you should ever go near. Um, I think we have to wind up. We're going to have to wind up. We had three questions that were posted uh, in advance to the club, so we're going to have to well go through them. So I have no idea who, what risk. Uh, so the three questions were posted. So the first one, what risk are there in pushing board game too early? Well, it's like everything. If you push it too early and force it, then you're going to get the opposite reaction. The child is going to just reject it point blank and then you're done for it so and that's pretty much you know you you need to be sensible and remember that you're doing board game for fun and it's fun foremost and it's always about the fun if there is no fun there's no point in doing it uh the next one is how important is it that the adult is also stimulated when i read that question i thought well if you're not stimulated about playing with your children kind of something wrong with you <laughs> I'm sorry to say <laughs> it's yeah it's you're doing that to build a relationship with your child to bring them up as better adults as far as I'm concerned that's why I'm doing it and in a few years time I'll have people to play against far more interesting games with people that hopefully I will enjoy playing with uh, so and nothing sto and there's plenty of kids game which actually are really fun uh, they don't have to be uh, you know a, a heavy kind of game to be stimulating for the adult there's plenty of them really cool the last one what do children care that adults don't and what do adults care about that children don't at all <laughs> rules. <laughs> it was mentioned earlier. Obviously, as an adult, you're thinking, oh, we want to play by the rules, we want to play by the rules, whereas the children, are, they want to make their own rules. And I think it's actually important to let them to an extent. For all that you want them to learn rules, again, you want them to enjoy what they're doing. And what matters to a child is whether it's fun um, and also they want to use their imagination. So it's, again, getting a balance between teaching them to play by rules also letting them do their thing because that's what they want they want ownership um i think more than kind of being being told oh you must do this exactly like this children like to have ownership over what they're doing so if they can maybe say well if we bend this rule a bit we're we're making it my rule what i always say to oscar though is if we change the rules we all play by the same rules it's not one rule for him one rule for us it is that is the rule of the game so we all still have that same chance so extremely quickly because we we've done question throughout any other questions everybody's happy excellent so we'll wrap it here and thank you very much for the wonderful <laughs>